Hello and welcome to another episode of Cypherma Research Podcast. Today, we'll be discussing the Russia-China relationship, as reported on by the Cypherma Research Team. Cypherma combines cyber intelligence with attack surface discovery and digital risk protection to deliver early warning, personalized, contextual, outside-in, and multi-layered insights. We have built the next generation of AI-powered threat intelligence platform called External Threat Landscape Management, ETLM, to provide cyber defenders with the hacker's view to help clients prepare for impending attacks. Cypherma is headquartered in Singapore with offices in Japan, India, the US, and the EU. Customers include both governments as well as Fortune 500 companies across manufacturing, financial services, retail, industrial products, natural resources, and pharmaceutical industries. Let's talk about the Russia-China relationship. The relationship between China and Russia will be one of the key determinants of the future of the Eurasian landmass. While many analysts posit their relations are amicable, already tightly knit and heading for firm future integration, the authors of this report are questioning this common knowledge. Our position can be easily demonstrated in official statements put forward by Beijing and Moscow. Before the annual summit this year, Putin wanted three things from China. A deal on hydrocarbon pipelines, arms supplies and generous loans. He got none of those things. The Chinese secretary offered kind words of support towards Putin himself and expressed confidence that he would certainly be able to defend his mandate in next year's elections, while Putin himself has not even announced his candidacy. We also saw Chinese statements about the beginning of something new and about a new world order and about changes that have not been seen for 100 years, but this is just a reiteration of the usual Chinese government line about a world order in which Beijing will be the key player instead of the US and in which there is implicitly no place for Russia as an equal partner to China. Beijing made it clear that it was not abandoning Russia, but is certainly not going to help Moscow in a way that would jeopardize its global position. It is clear that President Putin personally is completely consumed by his own historical legacy built on a confrontation with the West, in which the war in Ukraine will be the cornerstone of his strategy. Thus, he will need to agree to the kind of deal with China that he will need for the purpose of prosecuting his strategy. There are influential true believers in this strategy, who are currently forming the core of the Russian ruling elite, however, many upcoming intelligence and military strategy professionals in Russia think that in 20 years or so Russia will have to decide whether to become an ally of the West of some kind or a vessel of China. While there is active cooperation between the Russian and the Chinese agencies on counterintelligence against the West, especially on technical aspects of cyber espionage and counter-espionage and information operations, this usually ties to the common enemy in the West, we do not observe large cooperation of joint active operations in the cyber realm, let alone grand military or political alliance. Russia and China show no signs of the advanced military cooperation as seen in the United States and its European or Asian allies. This includes, in particular, the establishment of multilateral military command centers, the joint deployment of troops, sharing of military bases and the formulation of a common defense policy at the highest level. There is a deeper cooperation between intelligence agencies, however. We can see a degree of cooperation and coordination, observed by researchers in the activities of the Russian foreign and military intelligence services. This is especially true for Unit 54777 of the GRU and the Chinese 72nd Special Services Center, the main psychological warfare formations of both countries. The two units have been quite active in sharing its techniques and technologies with information flowing both sides. 
Other units on both parts however have been routinely observed spying on each other, which is especially true of the Chinese. This fact makes the FSB, Russia's equivalent to the FBI, nervous, as is clear from many public pronouncements of the agency, which is otherwise on paper a large proponent of deep cooperation with China. We conclude that just as China is clearly not willing to burn its fingers over Putin's ambitions in Ukraine, neither would Russia be willing to risk a direct confrontation with the United States over the Chinese communists' ambitions to occupy Taiwan. For this reason, Russia and China do not form a defensive alliance, and this is unlikely to change in the future, in spite of the faltering demographics of both countries, which are not flocking to immigration for obvious reasons and may shrink to half their populations by the end of the century. Putin will surely still be willing to make some concessions, but let's not assume that the next political representation will be willing to stick to this trajectory, just for the sake of Putin's political legacy as the Russian system is based on opportunism, not ideology. While the two countries are engaging in limited cooperation in intelligence sharing, especially in the cyber realm, there is no substantial basis for the theory of an increasingly tightly knit strategic alliance that will put Russian-Chinese, Fortress Eurasia, on the map and in direct confrontation against the rest of the world. If you enjoyed this synopsis, feel free to read the full report at cypherma.com research. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast, and we'll see you soon with another research topic. This is the Cypherma Research Team signing off.